You're listening to Super Rich Radio, episode number 129. And today we're breaking down the top 2019 wellness trends. And I have to be honest, this is one of my favorite podcasts I do all year. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to the show. My name's Alexa, and this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. I'm excited that you've spent another year here. I have to tell you that I am just in awe at how much this podcast has grown and how much knowledge you're gaining through it. I just cannot even imagine what another year is going to bring, and I cannot wait. So thank you so much for sticking around, for following me from the beginning, or even if you jumped on this year, I welcome you here to Simports Radio, and I hope that this is a place, like I so hope that this is a place where you can find valuable and yet realistic health knowledge that you can do, that you can start to take this zoomed out approach to health, like rather than zooming in so much on just our weight or on just numbers or on just organs that we can zoom out and we can look at our life as a whole, mind, body, and soul, and that we can dig in and make changes that are actually going to last and changes that actually matter. Maybe I should add that in there too. Anyways, thank you so much for sticking around. It's been such a fun year. And like I said at the beginning, this is one of my favorite podcasts to do all year is to kind of break down wellness trends of what went well, what didn't, and how we can learn from this and move forward. So yes, the 2019 wellness trends have been released. They're kind of all over the internet. They're buzzing around. And I'm going to share my top five that I think are great ideas to maybe start thinking about and start learning about in the new year, but I'm also going to start with what didn't go well, because I think we have to learn from what didn't go well in order to move on to what will. And like I said, these are just trends. These are ideas that I'm probably going to be talking about in 2019. In fact, I am going to be talking about many of these in 2019. So stay tuned for this. It's just a little sneak peek, insider look at them, what they are and what you could be doing about them. Anyways, we're getting started right away today. We're just digging right on in. So I just want to first start with what didn't work well. And I don't want to start off on a negative foot, but this is going to turn really positive. And I don't even think that this is 100% negative. This is just one area that I feel that we could learn from. So last year, one of the expected focuses of 2018 was self-care and that it delivered. We have been a nation obsessed with self-care. I mean, there are more bath bombs on the market and face masks and all the things than we could have ever dreamed possible even a year ago. Now, the trends have been going this way, right? Like self-care has become a bigger issue. Last year, we hit the home run. Now, the problem is, is that self-care got complicated. And not this isn't always the case, but I think this, this is where we need to learn from, is that self-care is a really great thing to take care of your body and honor your body and treat your body well, to kind of let your body be this vessel and understanding that we cannot give out of an empty vessel. And one of the most important things is to fill ourselves back up. However, what we're learning is that the more requirements we put on something, the more big ideas that we give someone, the more likely we are to take things to extreme. So take, for instance, the food pyramid, right? As soon as we started having food recommendations, what happened is that we went to extremes. We have people who are body conscious and have obsessive disordered eating. And on the other hand, we have people who are binging and yo-yo dieting and all these other things. Like we have extreme ends of the spectrum. And while they're all similar, we have to go back to, okay, maybe just placing recommendations 
isn't the best idea of giving a set of rules or ideas or these things that people need to follow, like setting this bar and expecting people to keep up. Maybe that's an unrealistic assumption and one that makes us more obsessive than health was intended for. And I think that that's where we're going is that self-care has become an obsession. It's caused people to spend more money on things that they don't even really enjoy doing that are actually causing more stress on their lives just because they think they need to, because self-care has been so ingrained in us as being the end-all be-all. But here's the thing. When something, not just self-care, but when something becomes more stressful than it is pleasurable, I think that's when we wave the red flag and understand, okay, maybe this thing that you're trying to do in health is actually causing more harm than good. And that's when we need to take a step back and maybe not quit it altogether, but refocus ourselves onto what does that mean for me? Just because bath bombs and face masks and candles in the bath and all the things, like all these pretty pictures you're seeing on Instagram work for someone else doesn't mean that's realistic for you. To be honest, I just don't have the means to light candles and have a full spa in my home because I have three little girls. So sometimes self-care to me is just straight water in the bath and that's it. Just getting in the bath with plain water and sitting there for 10 minutes, right? Like it doesn't have to be beautiful. It doesn't have to be quote unquote Instagram worthy to count as self-care. What it does need to be is the true definition of self-care and that's doing something to fill your vessel. And that's what we can't miss is the meaning and the motivation behind this. A few weeks ago, I asked this question on Instagram. I just kind of posed like, when when is tea bags and hot water good enough and count as self-care, right? Why do we have to have all these fancy drinks and all these crazy adaptogens? Why, when does just hot water and tea bags make it self-care? And so many of you had such great responses. And I think what I learned from that is that it really comes down to the motivation. It comes down to the desire and not just keeping up for someone else. Again, it's not the stress. As soon as you feel like something's become too stressful, that is not self-care. That's the opposite of self-care. And so we have to get back to the basis. We have to understand what works for us and what you actually enjoy doing, kind of like your own health style which I'm gonna talk about at the end because I think this is my wellness trend of 2019, the one that I wanna put the most focus on and teach you the most about. Stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, we're gonna jump into the my five top wellness trends that I think are worth looking into, learning about, studying about, and maybe even incorporating in your own life. Things that I think could be really good. But again, not to the extreme. Any of these, in any case, we can take them to the extreme. And that's not what we're about, right? It's about finding balance and about finding something that works for you. And so learn from self-care. And what we did with self-care is that we put it into the extreme, right? We made it go to a place that it was never intended to go. And great, right? We all could use a spa day once in a while. But making yourself do that every single day can become really, really stressful. So knowing that self-care is great, I think it's one of the best wellness trends that we've ever established. I think we're moving in the right direction. But again, it just comes back to the motive, the motivation behind it, the drive, and, and what you're actually seeking in the process. So that's what we need to learn. And moving forward with that, then we can start to dive into, okay, what are those wellness trends for the new year? I have a list of five that I really think are going to become a hot topic, things that I'm going to be talking about here on the blog. One is actually from last year that I didn't feel like got a ton of publicity, and I didn't really talk about it a ton, but I've been doing a little bit more with it. And then I'm going to be sharing some honorable mentions because there's a few that we need to throw in that are great. They just didn't make my top five list. And then my big 
trend that I'm hoping to help you jump on board with in 2019, in the new year. Okay, so number one is body positivity. I mean, this is coming. This is not a shocker at all, right? But body positivity, just like I said, self-care, I think we can take these things to extremes. And I think that we have to look at ourselves and understand what does it mean to be positive to me? And I think that we can put this great message out there and we can show our bodies off it. And that is totally fine. Like there has to be some level of confidence for body positivity. And I love that. But I'm looking at body positivity as what you tell yourself when you don't speak the words out loud, right? Like, what do you tell yourself when you look at yourself in the mirror? What do you tell yourself when you see your reflection in the window at a store? That is what I'm going for, for body positivity, not to have other people tell you all these positive things about your body and to standing confident in it, but to having the proper dialogue that's happening inside your brain that's creating your version of your reality, right? Your subconscious, which is your created reality, actually becomes a truer form of what is true. And that's what I hope with body positivity is that we move to this place of understanding what is a healthy place for my body? How can I be more confident and how can I make this internal growth so that I can be more positive mentally with myself, even when I never speak these words out loud? Because here's the thing. We think 60,000 thoughts a day and we only speak a fraction of those, which means that there are a lot of things happening inside our brain and in many cases aren't that positive. Even people who speak a positive message on the outward are often looking for affirmation to fulfill what's not happening inside their mind. And so I hope to encourage you to get to a place, and I'm encouraging myself in this, to get to the place where I can be more positive with myself than negative. I can see more good than negative. And also to use that as a space to grow, to kind of overcome those insecurities and being willing to step out in true confidence to grow. And I think that there is a huge, huge change that can happen when we can overcome these insecurities and we can have more confidence, which doesn't mean you're at the top of your game. I think confidence comes in and that you're more able to step out and try new things and come to a level of trust and understanding with your body and create more self-awareness. Like you're more able to take the critique when you're not so worried and so crumbled and paralyzed by these insecurities, which really hold you down into this place of really needing outward affirmations and instead just step into those confidence, whether you get it or not, and also in that place being willing to grow and change. So that's trend number one, body positivity. I think there's a change there. I see it coming. I mean, we have all different shapes, sizes of models nowadays. Like there's not a quote unquote standard of beauty as much anymore. I know that there still is, but it's changing and evolving. And and more than just putting on a show for other people, what I want is for us to do that for ourselves, to be able to look in the mirror, have confidence and being willing to change from that, to step out from that and have more trust. So that's number one. Number two, This is a big trend that's coming. It's already been in process and that's genetics and specifically epigenetics. I mean, with the influx of 23andMe and all of these places to get your genetic code read, there are going to be lots and lots more studies coming out about your genetic code and how your environment is distinguishing that, like how it's showing itself based on your environment, which is epigenetics. So basically why this is so awesome and amazing and worthwhile is that we all have a genetic code, which is 
something that we've known for a really long time. The thing that's new is that we've only recently been able to read everyone's individual genetic code at a reasonable cost, right? It doesn't cost that much to get like a 23andMe test done or some of these other genetic tests. But what we also now know is how the genes are expressed is based on our environment. So what we're learning is that different things in our environment, our lifestyle, the food that we eat, how much sleep we get, these are all affecting how those genes are expressed. So just because we have a genetic code doesn't mean that that is our story. What we do know is how our environment now impacts that genetic code is maybe one of the most defining factors in your health. So things like your lifestyle and why self-care is actually important and the food that we eat and how much sleep that we get and our stress levels and our relationship and our spirituality, all of these things we know matter. And that's why I did the whole mindset series this summer and was completely amazed by it is because every single emotion, everything that we feel is having an effect on our genes at the cellular level. And that is profound. So I think there's going to be a ton more information coming out about genetics and epigenetics. If you don't have your 23andMe test or genetic test done, I think it really is valuable. I know that there's a whole controversy about like the government having your genetic code, make up all the things. I understand that. I still think it's super valuable. It can tell you so much about yourself and help transition into different lifestyle changes that your body can handle. So like, for instance, for me, I know that I can't break down and methylate alcohol. So for me, alcohol is not something that I want to have in my lifestyle because I know that in alcohol, it's negatively affecting my genes or creating a negative gene expression based on my environment. That's just one small example of the things that they can see based on our genetic code and start to kind of make specific recommendations to you individually. Now, what I've also heard is the trends in... Um, genetic code is that it's becoming such easy technology that eventually they think it'll just be a free service that people can do. I don't know if that's going to happen this year, but we've significantly seen the price decrease, right? 10 years ago, it probably would have cost $20,000 or something to actually read all that. But today it's such an efficient system um, that it is becoming a really cost-effective thing that most people can do and use. But even regardless of that, just getting into the top of, of epigenetics and knowing how big of an impact that is actually having on our body. So that's number two. Number three is adaptogens and medicinal mushrooms. This is one that was on my list last year. I talked about it a little bit with like maca um, and ashwagandha and things like that, but I'm going to get a little bit more into this. And I think that other people are as well. And the reason for this is, again, adaptogens are things that adapt to your body. So they provide your body what it needs based on that specific time. So it's different than medicines and even herbal tinctures and that those are things that are just influxing things into your body and the dosage that you take it in. The difference between that and adaptogen is your body's taking and using the different properties of these adaptogens based on what it needs and just getting in the rest. So essentially, these are things that adapt to your internal environment, and that's why they're called adaptogens. So we're thinking things like chaga and reishi and, again, some medicinal mushrooms, going back to things like maca. There's so many other ones that we're going to be talking about and showing you how you can use these. I'm going to be having a full episode coming out about this early spring after metabolism series. So you're going to want to check that out. It's going to be really great. And I'm going to show you more this year in the Wellness Year 
about using these adaptogens and how we can beat stress with them and fight stress and also enhance our immune system and so many other things with adaptogens. So they're pretty cool. Look for more of those to come out. They're popping up all over the place. They can be kind of scary because they're like, okay, is this a woo-woo thing? But actually, these are ancient remedies that have been used forever. Um, And they kind of went by the wayside for a while. And now, like all things, they're coming back. So that's number three. Number four, which is the number one Googled Pinterest uh, searched for topic and why it's the number one trending wellness trend of 2019, and that's sleep. The Google search for sleep increased over 74% from 2017 to 2018. And we know that there's more and more and more studies coming out about the impact of sleep and lack of sleep and what it's doing to your body. And we're only learning more about that and how maybe sleep is really the most critical element in your health. And if we could just sleep deeper, could we be healthier in general? We also know that there's a lot more things in our environment that are disrupting our sleep patterns, like blue lights and cellular devices and um, caffeine and other drugs and the time day in which we eat and an influx in changes in our circadian rhythm. So we have all of these things impacting our sleep cycles. But what we're finding is that this impact in sleep cycles is actually having a negative or detriment to our overall health. And so sleep searches are on the rise, which means more and more people are looking for help when it comes to sleep, which we also know sleep is one of the number one prescribed medications in America, sleeping pill. And so sleep is going to be on the rise, sleeping deeper, sleeping better. There's a lot of technology coming out. But again, it just goes back to the basics. I think that there's something seasonally involved in our sleeping patterns and why in the winter, most people need more sleep than they do in the summer. Um, It's going to go with your, you know, the cycles of the moon and the sun in the natural light. So I think sleep is going to be a topic that we're going to hear a lot more about. We're certainly going to talk a lot more about it here on Simple Rich Radio. In fact, there was an episode released number 125 on sleep, and I talk with a sleep expert on it. So you're going to want to go back and check that out. Um, and always, Dr. Michael Bruce's podcasts are really fabulous that I had earlier, like way earlier in Simple Roots radio history. So just search Dr. Michael Bruce on simplerootswellness.com to get more about that. But those are great podcasts. And wellness trend number five is fascia. I think fascia is going to be a, a trend or I hope it's going to be a trend. This wasn't one that I saw a ton about. However, there were some tools in the wellness trends like a foam roller, dry brushing, acupuncture mats that were all pointing to this need of help in the fascia category. So our fascia is this tissue right underneath the surface of the skin that kind of connects our skin, our epidermis um, with our muscle and f- body fat and other layers underneath. And what we're finding is that congestion of this can actually cause congestion in the lymphatic flow, meaning our body can't process and detoxify as well as someone who has smooth fascia or healthy fascia. And so um, again, this is newer research coming out and there's a lot of techniques coming out about ways to help break down your fascia and make it healthy again. And of course, some of the basic ones are things like foam rolling, dry brushing, acupuncture mats, all things that I've talked a little bit about, but I definitely want to get more into 
definitely a topic if you want to Google search something or start to learn about. I would totally start learning about that. It's why women get cellulite. Um, it's why we tend to have bad back pains and pull muscles and other things. It's just if we could make that tissue healthy, I think that we could make a lot of other areas in our body healthy. Again, everything is just interconnected. So it's not just about one system, but the interconnection of them all. And if we could start working on one, could other systems be helped in that? I definitely think so. Now, I have a lot of problems with my fascia. I think I have bad fascia. I think people are more prone to that than other people. So I'm specifically going to be doing a lot of work. I know a lot of my habits and goals that I have set for the new year relate around this, like foam rolling every day and doing more yoga and really trying to work on healthifying my tissue. Because I go back to the podcast that we talked about tissues and exercise on the podcast. And I think can't think exactly what number it is. I'll link it in the show notes. But she said, healthy tissue doesn't hurt. And that blew my mind because if you've ever foam rolled, it it hurts, right? Or at least it hurts me. And I just can't get that out of my head of like, if my tissue was healthy, it would not hurt. And so I need to go back to that. And I really want to make that a focus because I have bad back pain and joint pain. It's part of my um, Lyme disease. And so I want to be able to help my body out and also help my lymphatic flow out. So I'm going to be doing more practices like foam rolling. I already do dry brushing, but using an acupuncture mat and another one that's really good and also a trend for 2019 is sauna. You know how much I love a sauna. I can't get enough of it. And so that is also another wellness trend. So those are my five wellness trends, expected wellness trends for 2019. The ones that I'm really looking forward to, want to help teach you and guide you along in these. And so to repeat what they are, it's body positivity, genetics and epigenetics, adaptogens, sleep, and fascia. And like I said, I think all of those can significantly change our health. Of course, all in a self-care kind of way, but that's individual to you. Now, before I get to my number one wellness trend that I'm predicting for 2019, I want to tell you the honorable mentions because I think these were really close to making my list. That's saunas, which we've talked about on here before, but I think the sauna is one of the best tools in healing that we have, especially when we talk about infrared saunas that act on the cellular level. I think just the change in temperature, we've used this forever. We're just not adapt to it anymore because we tend to live in these environments that are the same temperature, winter, summer, spring, fall. Um, and this change in temperature can be really, really critical in healing. And so sauna sessions, laser lights are going to make a huge comeback and do some fascinating thing with laser laser lights. And of course, more technology is just, it's on, it's up and coming, whether good or bad. But those are things that didn't make the list, but I think are equally um, things to watch out for in 2019. Okay. So that's my list. But before I go, I want to tell you my expected wellness trend of 2019 is something that I'm calling your health style. It's really, in my mind, a way of adding your own character to health. And the reason that I say this is, right, we have self-care and we have all these things that we could be doing and people take them to the extremes, like we mentioned, like there's a healthy form, but I think the only way to get healthy and health is to make it individual to you. To not just do other things because it's working for other people or to do them because they're quote unquote healthy, but to actually know how it's working in your body and how your body's responding to whatever it is you're doing. And that's why I want to talk more about creating your own character, like in health. 
And I think that's really important about making health more like you are and less like the world tells it to be. Because the only way that this is going to stick is if it's realistic for you. Like anything outside of that is probably only a trend or a fad. So in order to make these things happen and to make these changes and to really achieve health is that we have to fit it into your already normal life. We have to make health a normal, a rhythm, something that you just do without thinking about it. Because health was never intended to be something that you live for, but rather a means as living for something more. And I say that all the time because I fully believe it. We are not here to live for health. We have greater purpose, but we need our health in order to live that way. We were designed in health and for health, and it shouldn't be that difficult to get back. But I think it boils down to, again, creating your own health style, your own character, your own layering system of just starting somewhere and keep layering on as your body bonds in a positive way to that. Sure, someone may see great benefit from something, but it doesn't mean you will. And what we need to know, and the only thing that really matters is what your body will respond to in a beneficial way. And that's what you need to do more of. So it's really about looking less for outside influences and more inwardly to have more self-awareness and to understand your body more and to be able to trust it and be in a good mind space to be able to make these changes and really see if they're having a positive or negative effect on you and to enjoy the process. And that's what I want to help you do. That's why we're doing the wellness year. I'm super excited for it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's my expected wellness trend. I hope you can get on board with that and kind of see where I'm going. Of course, I hope it unfolds more as we travel into 2019 and really expand on this knowledge, really just create the space where we can learn and teach you about health in a way that's individualized to you. And that's my hope for this. I can't wait for 2019. I think it's going to be a foundational and pivotal year for many of us, and I'm excited for it. So like I said, these are just expected wellness trends. We have to take what we learned from self-care and know that anytime we put it on the extremes or it becomes something we have to do or stress in our life, it's not worth doing. There's more harm than good when it becomes too stressful. So just don't do it. But what we can do is start transitioning our life in little small habits, daily rhythm choices that we can make that can have a huge, huge impact. Like I said, this is all about the Wellness Year. So if you're interested in this and creating your own health style, join me next week as I hop on Facebook Live. I'll also be doing some Instagram IGTV videos that I'll be posting on YouTube traveling through this process. It's going to be so much fun. Make sure you head on over to simplestwellness.com to sign up for the Wellness Year. It's on the homepage, or you can find it in the show notes along with all of this information. Um, These quick tips and little things that you can do, the expected wellness trends of 2019 are all in the show notes at simperitswellness.com backslash 129. Head on over there to get all the information. But like I said, I hope this excites you for 2019. I hope that you're ready for a change to step outside of dieting and all the norms because yes, ketogenic diets are still expected to trend in 2019. And while I'm not here to put that down, what I am here to say is that I would rather you know your body and know if that's something that's gonna work for you or if it's not long-term and do more of whatever is going to work long-term. So that's it for today's episode. I hope that you found that as beneficial as I did. I love wellness trends. Like I said, I love to follow them, to keep up to date on them because I think it really does tell where we're going and what changes and what science is coming out. And it is really cool to think that we are getting away from all the processed foods of the world and we're looking for a more natural solution to health. And that is the key to health. 
So thank you so much for tuning in to the last episode of 2018. I can't believe we're another year into this podcast. Like I said, thank you so much for following along. It literally means the world to me and you are the reason the show is here. So make sure if you love the show, share it with your friends and family. That is the best way to help me out is to tell other people. I love to see it pop up on Instagram stories and in your Instagram feeds as you're telling other people why you love the show and what you found beneficial. As always, this show is for you and that also means that I love to get your input on topics you'd like to hear. So make sure if you have any ideas or any topic suggestions, you just email me at alexa at simplestwellness.com or just DM me on social media at Facebook or Instagram. I'm on Instagram at Alexa Sherm or Facebook at Simple Roots Wellness. Again, thank you so much. This is because of you. Please, please, please keep sharing and get excited for 2019. Next week kicks off our first episode in our metabolism series, which is going to blow your mind. Yes, that's 10 episodes all on metabolism, things like why we don't binge on broccoli. We're going to talk about our relationship with food and so much more. You're going to want to stay tuned. It is honestly one of the most exciting series I've been pumped up for. So stay tuned for that. That comes out next week. But in the meantime, here's to ending 2018 on the best note and starting 2019 off right. I love you guys. I'll be back next year with a brand new series. See you then.